Today is May 4th, 2021, and our first story. A U.S. attorney in Portland is dismissing most of the charges against Antifa and BLM rioters, including felony charges. Meanwhile, we see small business owners being arrested in an ongoing trend. In our next story, a major scandal is erupting as it turns out one of the jurors in the Chauvin trial lied on their questionnaire, claiming they weren't at a BLM protest when in fact they were potentially setting up a mistrial, which could overturn the verdict of Derek Chauvin. In our last story, Coca-Cola gets woke and goes broke, freezing their racial quota legal policy plan, which many said broke the law anyway. Now, before we get started, Leave us a good review. If you like the show, give us five stars. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Of course, the riots did not stop when Joe Biden got elected. They've continued, although there was a lull throughout the winter. We saw rioting erupt in Brooklyn Center recently during the Chauvin trial. That's in the Minneapolis area. Another speculation that Derek Chauvin's guilty verdict could be overturned due to a mistrial. One of the jurors apparently lied on their questionnaire and was attending Black Lives Matter rallies. Do you think people are going to riot then? Well, they said that this was Trump's America during the height of these riots last year, and that a vote for Joe Biden is going to bring everything back to normal. Prominent speakers like Sam Harris said Trump was bad. And at least now with Joe Biden, he can talk to these people, to regular liberals about why it's bad. The only problem is they don't care and they're gone. They went back to sleep. They're not watching anymore. It was a terrible play. Now, over in Portland, we get this news. Most Portland riot suspects won't be prosecuted, U.S. attorney reveals. Charges have been dismissed against 58 of the 97 people arrested during the unrest last year. One individual apparently confessed to actually assaulting an officer or something to that effect. And surprise, surprise, these people are essentially being let go. It's not the first time we heard this. Under Joe Biden, as soon as he comes in, the DA started dropping charges. Many have speculated maybe they're just overwhelmed. Okay, it doesn't matter if they're overwhelmed or not. The the extremists on the far left are being let go. Yet, you know what we cannot escape? News about January 6th. The zealotry of the FBI saying we're going to go after each and every one of these people. We're going to put up billboards. We're going to tweet nonstop. Oh, uh, but the people have been riding across the country and causing billions of dollars worth of damage. Oh, well, we don't care about none of that. That's not insurrection. We actually just had recently in, I think it was in Oklahoma City, a bunch of far left protesters stormed into the state building. Insurrection? No, of course not. I think it's about time that conservatives start paying attention to what's happening. The police may be neutrally upholding the law, but the DAs are a political position. The higher ups in the political spaces in these cities and basically everywhere They are not going to just protect you. They're going to say, well, we're just doing our job. And then the DA can sort them out. Antifa, free to go. Conservative, throw the book at them. A woman in Minnesota decided to open her wine and coffee bar in violation of COVID restrictions. So they issued, I believe, two warrants for arrest. Well, she had a warrant out for her arrest. She was in Iowa, I suppose. I think it was Iowa. And the local sheriff's department said, well, you've got a warrant. You're under arrest. These, these are not rare occurrences. Well, I guess in, in one perspective, we have seen police repeatedly go after small business owners, regular people, not rioters, over violating lockdown restrictions. And we see what happens when Antifa literally sets buildings on fire, violating COVID restrictions. Oh, I know, I know. Lighting a building on fire is way worse than violating COVID restrictions. But at the very least, you know, we can say, 
seems like the cops, for the most part, or to a certain degree, and the DA don't care about the violent riots. Yet COVID restrictions, that's supposed to be the big thing. Well, Black Lives Matter has been violating the COVID restrictions, not wearing masks and going outside, violating the lockdown orders. Also, no charges. It's going to keep happening. Now we're hearing that Joe Biden's going to be using outside uh, organizations, private organizations, to surveil American citizens, which I presume violates the Fourth Amendment. This is the way it's going to go. Until, I guess, conservatives realize that the system, even law enforcement, are not on your side. Now we're hearing in D.C., not only do these extremists get let go, they just want a lawsuit. The city is actually going to be paying out millions of dollars, I believe it's millions, to, to many of these extremists. You want to talk about a lopsided and unjust system. Well, let's read this first story from Fox News. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, click that big old members only button, sign up to become a member, and you can go to the members area to get access to exclusive members only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. And by doing so, you are helping protect us in the event that we get banned. And I think it's particularly likely. I mean, there's some good news about companies getting woke and going broke here and there. But the tide seems to be moving in one direction. And now with most of these Antifa people being released, having their charges dismissed, I'm just looking at this like it's, it's clear who controls the, 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 the seat of government, the far left, and the cultural institutions, the far left. There may be some gains, but censorship is likely. So go to TimCast.com, become a member to help support my work. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read this story from Fox News. Most Portland riot suspects won't be prosecuted. David Bouchard admitted he put a Customs and Border Protection officer in a chokehold. Charles Comfort was indicted by a grand jury of civil disorder for twice charging at Portland Police Bureau officers and hitting them with a makeshift shield, then kicking a third officer while being arrested. Both men faced federal charges stemming from their actions during a summer of more than 100 straight nights of often violent protests in Portland. Violent protest. Okay, I'm sorry. It's, it's called a riot. Fox News, please. But Pichard and Comfort are among dozens of Portland federal arrestees whose cases were dismissed or are being deferred without so much as a day behind bars. Between May 25th and October 7th, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Oregon filed federal charges against 97 people connected to the Portland unrest. Since then, 58 of those cases have either been dismissed outright or are, or are on track for dismissal through a deferred resolution agreement. 32 cases are still pending, with many likely to also end in dismissal, according to sources. Seven people have entered guilty pleas. Going back to D.C., we have this story, and, and, and we'll, we'll jump back to this in a minute. D.C. to pay $1.6 million in police misconduct lawsuit fire, filed after 2017 inauguration protests. The, the, the extremists down there wearing all black and running around smashing things and setting fires, well, they all got arrested. And instead of pleading guilty, they just waited it out and eventually won. The state could not pin the crimes to any individual, so they won. Those that pleaded guilty made a huge mistake in doing so. Those that didn't are now going to get a massive payout, their share of $1.6 million. Here we can see in Portland, the smart move by Antifa was just to wait it out and plead not guilty, and eventually they give up. It's actually one of the strategies the far left has. They tell people if you plead not guilty, the system overloads and they release you. Do you think the same will be true for maybe a small businesswoman who just wanted to sell coffee? No, of course not. But let's read more. They say, of those pleading guilty, only one person is headed to prison and he was caught red handed. Security video shows Edward Shinzing 
setting fire to the Justice Center with his shirt off and his name tattooed on his back. A plea deal calls for Shinzing to serve the five-year mandatory minimum sentence for arson. Quote, it's offensive to all the men and women who risked their lives in Portland for 90 to 120 days or even longer in some cases, being attacked night after night after night, said Chad Wolf, the acting secretary of Homeland Security under Trump. Former federal prosecutor Alex Little says the Oregon U.S. Attorney's Office was most likely overwhelmed. The prosecutors in that office, the number of prosecutors that support even the courthouse system, isn't really set up to handle those sorts of numbers. Lisa Hay, the federal public defender in Oregon, has a slightly different take on the high number of cases being dismissed. Quote, I think the federal government went overboard in some of the ways they addressed these protests. And what we're seeing now is many of the cases that were brought because of the federal government's overreach are now being dismissed. One of the dudes literally admitted to, to assaulting an officer. Sorry, that argument doesn't fly. Of the 31 deferred resolution agreements signed by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Portland, 19 were for people charged with felonies and most were for alleged assaults on federal officers who were sent there to protect the courthouse and other federal buildings that were under attack nightly. And this is why I say if you're a cop and you're like, I'm going to stay for all of this, I think you've lost your spine. I think many of these cops are willing to take a beating from corrupt politicians and Antifa because they're not strong enough to resist. No one ever said standing up for what you believe in was going to be easy. In fact, if it was, it wouldn't really be standing, standing up at all. It would be sitting down. But challenging corruption is hard. I guess some people just don't have what it takes to say no, and they'd rather just drop to their knees and pledge to serve a corrupt master instead of actually saying, I refuse to suffer this indignity. These people were assaulting officers. One guy admitted to doing it and they're letting him go. They just walked right up to these cops and spit a massive hawker right in their face. And the cop said, thank you, sir. May I have another? These cities are full of crooked and spineless individuals. Anyway, there's a lot more. Let me let me back up what I'm saying before you get angry. But feel free. You can disagree with what I say. I don't think I'm the end all be all arbiter of morality in this one. I'm just fed up with cops taking the beating. You got to stand up for yourself, man. They say some DRAs were signed by Billy Williams, President Trump's appointed U.S. attorney in Oregon. Others have been signed by Scott Ashfog, 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 who has been a, uh, the acting U.S. attorney in Oregon since Biden fired Williams and other Trump appointees. Neither Williams nor Ashfog would comment on this report. Kevin Sonoff, public affairs officer for the U.S. attorney's office in Oregon, issued a statement which reads in part, Dismissals are very case specific and based on our assessment of available evidence. If we do not believe we can prove a charge beyond a reasonable doubt, we will dismiss the case. Wolf said Williams didn't Wolf said Williams didn't want to file many of the criminal charges in the first place. He said Williams pushed back on pressure from the White House and Attorney General Bill Barr, arguing that protest is normal in Portland and filing federal charges will only inflame the situation. Oh, that's right. Criminals routinely go around attacking cops. We have to let them get away with it. Otherwise, they'll do it more. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills. The dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. 
They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now. Amazing logic, by the way. Wolf said his urging of tougher response has been vindicated. DHS eventually pulled most of the federal officers of Portland, leaving local police and prosecutors in charge of restoring peace. But sustained calm has not returned to the Rose City. Even with a new president in the White House, the riots and property destruction have continued. Wolf says Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler is finally starting to realize that leaders can't appease violent criminals. There's been a number of statements from Mayor Wheeler here recently that talks about trying to take his city back from the violence and anarchists, said Wolf. And that's exactly what I told him in July. But he was exploiting the cops, scapegoating them because they wanted Trump to lose. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, there are a lot of cops who have resigned in the Pacific Northwest and across this country. These guys are heroes. They've stood up for themselves. They have proven that they retain their dignity and they are refusing to work for these corrupt politicians. U.S. attorneys who would say, we know Antifa breaks the law. We don't care. We'll let them go. Now, I know a lot of people don't agree with me on this one. I know I've, I've had many people say, Tim, you're viewing it too black and white. No, no, I understand. I'm, I want to differentiate between urban metros run by Democrats and the cops there willing to serve corrupt Democratic politicians, or I should say Democrat politicians, and rural area police who do a good job. But of course, still, it's not going to be every single sheriff's department. Let me show you my problem with what's going on. From the Star Tribune, April 29th, Albert Lee Bar owner who defied COVID restrictions has, has been on the lam is arrested in Iowa. For nearly six weeks, Lisa Hansen has been in hiding after warrants were issued for her arrest in Albert Lee. Now, what? Look at the, look at this photo of this villain, this criminal, finally brought to justice by the good men and women in uniform who will not let these criminals go. What was her crime? They say the Albert Lee business owner who defied state COVID-related restrictions at her wine and coffee bar and failed to show up for a bail hearing last month, was arrested Thursday in Iowa. Lisa Hansen, who was released late Thursday afternoon from jail after posting $2,000 bail, told the Star Tribune that she still plans to speak Saturday at a previously scheduled Stand for Liberty rally at an Albert Lee Park. I've actually had people from the area tell me it's worse than we realize. She's not the only one. Many law-abiding citizen, law citizens, many good working, hardworking, small business owners said no when they were getting their businesses locked down arbitrarily. And from that, the police came in and made the arrests. Okay. The police made the arrests in Portland too. I get that. Because police are going to say, look, if you break the law, you get arrested. We don't write the laws. We just enforce them. But it's an interesting thing. What the police then do is shuffle everybody into a sorting hat, an algorithm as it were. And the DA then says, Antifa, you're free to go. And conservatives lock them up. And the cops just say, OK, and they keep doing it. While the crime is skyrocketing across the board, skyrocketing, skyrocketing across the board, we can see cops arresting people in Portland and Seattle who are defying Antifa extremists. Why? Well, because they're worried that these people will exacerbate tension. So it's better to just let give, give breathing room to the extremists. I understand. 
that the cops, the sheriff's department who arrested this woman are not the same as the Portland Police Department. I understand they're all different individuals. And that's my point. Many cops quit their departments, over 200 in Seattle, because those are good people who will not be doing this. Many cops in New York refuse to enforce ridiculous restrictions on, you know, what you can do and where you can go. But many other cops didn't. They say, asked how she felt about being arrested. She said, if I had done something wrong, I would have deserved it. I have not done anything wrong. I have followed the law on all accounts. Hansen added that she plans to sue an unspecified number of people for $100,000 each for keeping her in custody for two hours. Freeborn County Sheriff Kurt Freytag said Hansen, 56, has been under surveillance by his deputies and Albert Lee police after they discovered she was staying in an Airbnb she had rented in Clear Lake, Iowa, about 35 miles south of Albert Lee. Freytag said Clear Lake police arrested her at about 3 p.m. Thursday as she was out for a walk along the city's namesake lake. Authorities booked her into Cerro Gordo County Jail in Mason City. She should have never been. She she should have never taken it to this level. I know what what a horrible woman opening her coffee bar. Now, the Antifa guy who can who admitted that he put a cop in a strangle and a chokehold ah, free to go, free to go. You see, the problem is the cops don't care. And I mean, maybe many do. But what I mean to say is many of them don't care in the sense that they're like, listen, I'm just going to enforce the law and do as I'm told. And that means when real questions of morality and protecting our community come up, they defer to what corrupt politicians want. Let me explain. You may say, no, the cops aren't the one who make the law, Tim. They just enforce it. Well, the people who are making the law are the corrupt leftists who are giving their friends a free pass. The politicians, the DAs, they're elected. They let Antifa go. Antifa terrorizes the city. And then people say, please make it stop. Joe Biden promise us. So they elect more Democrats. And the cops are like, don't look at me. I'm neutral. I'm just arresting conservatives. And they're getting locked up. Meanwhile, the leftists are getting a free pass to continue their reign of terror, to force people out of fear into voting for the way, for, in, the, in the direction they want. It's not working uh, and, and like for, for uh, law and order. This this idea that we're going to empower our police and fight back is not working. The argument is done before the election. I said, defend the police. They got a tough job to do. And yeah, you, we got to have a neutral arbiter at this point. No way. No way. The elections happened. The people have made their choice. And you see what the police keep doing. Hansen faces nine criminal misdemeanor charges for her opening her interchange wine and coffee bistro in downtown Albert Lee in December and January after Governor Tim Walz ordered restaurants and bars closed to prevent the spread of COVID-19. She later violated other restrictions when venues were allowed to partly reopen. Okay, if you want to argue that she shouldn't have done that, by all means, people should not be breaking the law that I get. And there was a period where I think most of us agreed the lockdowns were probably a bit excessive. The issue is not that I'm saying she should have done what she done. Just that I think burning buildings down, throwing bricks at cops, putting cops in strangleholds, committing felonies should be enforced in many areas. It's not. I understand there are different jurisdictions, 100%. So we can be mad that in some places, conservatives will get arrested and locked up. And in other places, Antifa gets, Antifa gets let go. But don't, don't worry. I'm covering my bases here. Fox News. Minneapolis activists push to abolish police picks up steam as petition filed. Yes, four many, I'm sorry, yes, four Minneapolis charter amendment would replace police with Department of Public Safety. And there you go. Okay, it's not, it's not the same area. You know, Albert Lee is not Minneapolis. It's just a similar, it's, it's the state. Okay. You have, 
cops that are standing around being smacked around and they're not standing up for themselves. They don't care. Meanwhile, the, 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 the petition to abolish their department is here. Okay, well, great. Now you lose your job. Am I going to defend you? Absolutely not. Sorry, it's not going to happen. The cops in these places just keep helping to maintain corrupt politicians who do the same thing over and over again. And I keep hearing from people saying it's not the cops fault. It's the politicians fault. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. If someone goes out and tells someone to do something, whose fault is it? Perhaps it's both of their fault. Someone has to be the person to pull the trigger. Someone, if, if, if someone says, hey, go commit a crime and the person does, do you think the harsher penalty will be, will, will be on the guy who said it? In some instances, maybe depending on the crime, but both are going to get in trouble. So I see, I, 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 I have, there's, I'm not going to be defending cops that are enforcing illegal orders from, from Democrat politicians in urban metros. You want to talk about suburban cops and red state cops? They seem to be doing, they seem to be doing a pretty good job, especially with, you know, good government. But let's read. Fox News says, a charter amendment to replace the Minneapolis Police Department is one step closer to going before voters in November after a coalition of activists submitted their petition to city officials on Friday. It just keeps happening, doesn't it? It just it th- this happens last year and crime skyrockets and they're going to keep demanding it. Why am I going to defend people who want to live in a place that once again is trying to abolish their police department? They say yes for Minneapolis, a coalition of community groups delivered dozens of boxes containing the 20,000 signatures to amend the Minneapolis charter to officials at City Hall. The coalition's proposed amendment would replace the police department with a new Department of Public Safety and shift authority over the police over uh, shift authority over the police from the mayor to city council. The petition comes as the city of Minneapolis remains under pressure to overhaul policing after George Floyd's fatal encounter. A Justice Department probe into the department's policing practices has compounded that pressure. A majority of council members committed to replacing the police force with a more holistic agency in the days after Floyd's death, but that effort stalled and failed to make it into the ballot last November. A current proposal by three council members mirrors the coalition's efforts to establish a public safety department and would include police officers and other division divisions for a comprehensive approach to public safety beyond law enforcement. Sounds like it's going to be increasingly authoritarian. Antonio Williams with the People's Canvas said during a news conference that he had spoken with many Minneapolis residents who experienced brutality, injustice and indifference at the hands of the city's police. Williams called the breadth of signatures a screaming indictment on the old way of policing. Quote, it is saying we want something new and we want you to hear us and we want you to hear us now, Williams said. Give us a chance. Give us a choice to choose something new that works for all people. You know what I think? I think the city votes for it. So be it. Anybody who says, but I want my police, but won't stand up for it, doesn't deserve them. I showed you what happened to this woman when she tried opening her bar, her wine and coffee bar. I showed you what happened with NPR. DC is actually going to be paying out the extremists. We know that these people, we know what they were doing and why they were doing it. You had people all dressed in black so that the cops could not identify who was starting fires and destroying things. Now, look, a lot of conservatives have been telling me I'm wrong, and so be it. They've been saying we need the police. I agree we need the police. The problem is at a certain point, you need to accept responsibility. At a certain point, the fire becomes too powerful and you can't put it out. They keep pushing for this. Antifa keeps getting released. What do you think happens if you do a Google search for Antifa? Oh, let me show you. Hop over to Google, type in Antifa, and we have this story. Animal activists behave like Antifa. Okay, there's a story. Next one, Proud Boys. Oh, that's weird. Why Proud Boys? The next one, 
Man who held two salesmen at gunpoint. That's not about Antifa. Durbin asked FBI to explain January 6th. January 6th is coming up. Interesting. None, none of this has anything really to do with the ongoing riots, Antifa, Black Lives Matter riots. Here's one mocking Marjorie Taylor Greene. What do you think happens if I Google search January 6th? That's right. They're all about January 6th. We demand explanations. Hawley defends his fist, fist pump on January 6th. Trump supporter found guilty, blah, 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 blah. It's remarkable to me that conservatives aren't paying attention to what's happening. Biden admin moles partnering with private firms to monitor extremists. I'm not a fan of extremists. I don't care if I'm the left or the right. But the problem I have is that they're not going after the left. They're letting them go. So it's funny. When the extremists go out in the streets this summer and start smashing and destroying things, some will invariably be arrested. Some of them will probably be convicted or plead guilty. Most of them, the overwhelming majority, will probably probably be let go. But I assure you that conservatives will be targeted. They'll be spied upon. They'll be smeared and censored. And they will cheer for law enforcement the entire time. Okay, not everybody. A lot of conservatives have lost faith in the police departments because of the abuse they've, they've witnessed. Many working class people who were protesting were smeared in the media and the cops shuffled them along and said, you can't be out. You're violating curfew or you're violating a COVID lockdown. Then we saw thousands of people with no masks marching for Black Lives Matter. Then we saw the media lie to protect them. This is, I think this is a strong warning to conservatives. I've said the same thing about big tech. Big tech started banning conservatives and censoring them. And I saw many libertarian, like they're conservative Trump supporting Republicans with libertarian bent saying, no, no, we, we, we cannot regulate private businesses. They're allowed to do it. And I said, OK, fine by me, I guess. If your voice is stripped away and destroyed and then you can no longer participate in any conversation or organize any kind of protest, that's your choice. Far be it from me to tell you how to live your life. For me, though, I'm going to demand that we stand up to big tech to make sure everybody has a chance to speak. Otherwise, cultists will take over. Now I'm looking at the police and I see moderates, regular working class Americans being punished and arrested. I see Antifa being let let go and no one doing anything to stop them, anything substantive. There are many anti-riot bills moving through the legislature in many states, but these are red states. I've been cheering for the red states. They've been doing all right. No, in these in these urban metros in New York, in Portland, in Seattle, conservatives, many still defend the police. If you're a conservative living in New York, you have chosen to sit in a burning building that is beyond repair for now. We got to wait for the fire to put itself out and we can go in and maybe start fixing and cleaning things up. I, I understand why people, why people want to live in New York. It's great. Politics, not so much. What I think is going to happen is that we can see the federal government and the left is willing to do anything to crush conservatives, people on the right, anyone who dare oppose them. So when the police are sent out to make arrests, is Antifa going to be the ones behind bars? Of course not. Conservatives will be. Will Antifa be spied on? Probably not. It takes a Trump supporter to do it. From ABC7, Trump supporter shares what he uncovered after infiltrating anti-fascist group in Sonoma County. Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. 
Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. It takes Project Veritas. It takes regular people to try and get out evidence showing that Antifa exists. It's not an idea. They're crazy people. They, they, they are planning crazy things. But the government doesn't care. The cops can't do anything about it. The Fed's not going to do anything about it. Oh, but they'll arrest you, small business owner. How dare you? Antifa is a tool for these people. It, it, it helps them. So now the only news we actually get out is going to come from Project Veritas or some random Trump supporter, and then the media will do everything in their power to protect the establishment institutions. So why in, in, in any sane world would somebody be supporting police departments right now? Makes no sense. Chauvin may get a mistrial. We're learning the justice system is completely broken. Chauvin goes to prison. Antifa gets let go. Does that make sense? Why would you support the enforcement of this system? The left long complained the system was broken because many of these people are whiny, dejected, entitled babies. They're like, people shouldn't be charged with crimes. Cops shouldn't be stopping, you know, murderers. Reasonable people said, I understand there are problems with police accountability. We, we can do better. We need more training. We need more specialists with the police department, but we certainly need a police department. Who are you going to call, right? Steven Crowder put out a video. Who are you going to call? Nobody. The problem is, in many circumstances, when you call the cops, they don't get there in time anyway. Perhaps then the, the, the responsible thing is for you to be armed to, to protect yourself. You know, unfortunately for people who live in cities, cops won't let you be armed. You know, not too far from where I live, I've had cops say that, you know, you need a permit for certain kinds of weapons. You don't. They don't know what they're talking about, and they don't care. They would pull you over and say, shut up. I don't care. You're under arrest, period. We've heard the stories, and they're scary. If you're in Philadelphia— legally armed, and you accidentally get off on the wrong on, on the wrong ramp headed to New Jersey, you're about to commit a felony as soon as you cross that boundary, and the cops will gleefully arrest you. I'm not kidding. It's happened. They will sit there with a smile on their face saying, ooh, we got one. Now you get to go to prison. Why? Because you took a wrong turn. You can't have a gun when you're in Jersey. The criminals, sorry, Antifa, they get away with it. Like when I tried putting on an event in the, in, in the Jersey suburbs of, uh, in the suburbs of uh, Philadelphia, on the Jersey side, and Antifa threatened to burn down the, uh, the building. Did the cops come and protect us? And they shut, the, they, they shut the bar down. They shut everything down. They put in restrictions. And that was that. Where was the investigation into who these people were? How come nobody was held accountable for making these threats? Because they're allowed to do it. And you know it. The thing is, the governments can't just come out and order the arrest of every conservative outright. That would be too much too fast. So all they got to do is they got to just pump out as, as much propaganda as possible. And then over, over a long enough period of time, small business owners and conservatives will be arrested. And they're not going to stand up against the cops. They're going to say, it's not the cops fault. They're just doing their job. Spare me. I lived not that far from Attilus, uh, Attilus Gym. I think it's pronounced Attilus. The, it's the two gym owners who are defying the lockdown. And cops came from neighboring cities. I believe they were neighboring cities. I'm sorry. The first cops came locally and said, have a nice day, everybody, and refused to do anything. Then they brought in cops from outside who had just immediately arrested people. Didn't care. Whatever. We don't care. We'll arrest whoever, you know, for money. 
What makes you think any one of these people will defend you? The funniest thing is when this happened, the people there, I'm not sure if it was the gym owners, I've actually had them on, defended the cops. They're like, don't be mad at the police. They're just doing their job. Sure. I don't play that game. If somebody wants to do something illegal or unconstitutional, it's on you. The responsibility is on the individual always. Anything that happens is your fault. I'm never going to be like, I understand the cop's the one who's breaking the law, but I blame the politician. No, no, I blame the cop. I blame the individual who broke the law. Antifa could be like, I didn't want to do this. I was forced to do it. Someone, someone gave me the, the device. Remember that guy who was handed, I thought it was a firecracker. I don't care. Someone handed you something. You didn't know what it was. You lit it and threw it. You get to go to prison. That guy probably had his charges dropped though. I don't know. Maybe he pled guilty. This is going to keep happening. And we can see what Biden is willing to do. Over the next few years, conservatives are going to be locked up. They're going to be prosecuted. They're going to be arrested by cops. Many people who are legally, or I should say constitutionally bearing arms, scared of these rioters, will be arrested for doing so. You will see the riot coming to your home. You will pull out a weapon, defend yourself, and the cops will arrest you. It's been happening, and I warned you this would happen. I said, once the far left gains enough power, the police will say it is just easier to arrest you homeowner or small business owner, then deal with the mob and they do it. So why would I support the cops at this point? I won't because they're going to start arresting you and then no one's going to be able to speak up for you. I say at this point, the smart play is roll with the left. When they say abolish the police, say do it because at the very least, then you'll have a chance to defend yourself and the cops won't be able to come and arrest you when the mob comes to your house. But I guess that's the problem. Conservatives are unwilling Uh, Not rural conservatives, of course. Rural conservatives tend to be more hardened and willing to defend themselves, but it's urban conservatives, the few that exist. They're unwilling to take responsibility for themselves, probably because they're more so just liberals who are, you know, only conservative because they don't like the riots. It's going to get worse. You can see the news. They're letting these people go. All right. Well, if you're okay with that and you think the cops should continue doing what they're doing while Antifa gets let go, by all means, support what you want. And this is why I got out of the city. This is why I moved to the middle of nowhere. Because I got to be responsible for myself. I can't sit there relying on conservatives who won't stand up and, and, and organize. And I can't sit back and, and, and wait for a cop to intervene when they're being demonized and defunded. I'm not going to wait around for the riots to come to my house. I'm going to leave. But I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight at youtube.com slash Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all then. A massive scandal is erupting following the criminal trial of Derek Chauvin. As most of you know, Chauvin was found guilty on all counts. Many people have speculated he has grounds for appeal, notably because the judge didn't change the venue because the jury wasn't sequestered. The jury had to actually come in through riots throughout the city and be escorted with armed police. And the judge didn't do anything about it. There was no way that this was a fair and impartial trial. And that is potentially grounds for appeal, among other things. Some have said that the defense lawyer wasn't challenging, wasn't objecting to emotional testimony, which apparently the prosecution wasn't supposed to do. There's also an instance where the prosecution referred to the defense's case as stories and fabricating facts or something of that nature. So maybe an appeal. But when? Two years? Due to the nature of the latest scandal, in fact, we may get a mistrial very soon. I don't think it's likely. I don't know for sure. I'm not a lawyer, but it sounds like according to a few different stories, the actions of a juror who lied on their questionnaire to get on this jury may result in an outright mistrial. And then what? Chauvin gets released immediately. And then the extremists go and set fire to numerous buildings all over again. 
Here's the story. A juror attended black, a, a, a large Black Lives Matter protest. On the questionnaire, it asked, did you attend, did you or anyone you know attend one of these protests? And he said, no, that was a lie. In fact, in a photograph, you can see him wearing a shirt that says, get your knee off our necks, Black Lives Matter. He was in D.C. for a large and massive protest. Now, it seems like he's trying to say, well, well, it wasn't a protest for police brutality. It was about Martin Luther King Jr., but they just happened to be protesting police brutality. I don't think that's going to fly. When you consider the next bit of information, this juror apparently went on a podcast called Get Up America or something to that effect and said, we got to get on these juries to affect change. Or so, I'll play the audio to make sure you get the full context. I don't want I want to be very careful about how I quote people. You know, people are pr- pretty litigious. So I'll play the audio for you. But it sounds like you got a guy who knew that he needed to get on the jury so that he could find Chauvin guilty, regardless of the facts. And he lied, saying he could be neutral and saying that he didn't go to any of these protests. And then admitting later on, you need to get on these juries to do this kind of thing. Sounds like a mistrial may be underway. First, let me tell you what happened. Then we have from a local news affiliate, a legal analysis. The Daily Mail reports, will this picture help Derek Chauvin get an appeal? Juror attended Black Lives Matter rally wearing get your knee off our neck t-shirt before trial and lied about it on jury questionnaire. Appeal? Well, according to a legal analysis, it may actually result in a mistrial, in which case the conviction's overturned and you've got to have another criminal trial. Now, I'll say this before we get started. The judge said they wouldn't change venue, right? So the defense is like, how can we get a fair trial here in Minneapolis with all the rights going on? The judge said, there's nowhere you can go in Minnesota where you wouldn't have this, which is a lie. It's absolutely not true. The judge is lying. If you went to a, you know, somewhere upstate Minnesota, there's courthouses. You could get a trial. You could get people who would be neutral and there wouldn't be mass riots surrounding the jurors. Why didn't the judge sequester the jury? There's no good reason for it. No, I think it's because the judge was scared. I think because he's a coward and he was scared that if he made these moves, they'd come after him. I, I just think he's generally a coward. But, you know, hey, if, you, if you're allowed to be if you want. Daily Mail reports one of the jurors who convicted Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd last month defended his participation in a Black Lives Matter protest last summer in D.C. amid speculation it might be grounds for the cop's appeal. A photo posted on social media shows Brandon Mitchell attending an August 28th event to commemorate Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech during the 1963 March on Washington. It shows Mitchell, a high school basketball coach, standing with two other men and wearing a T-shirt with a picture of King and the words, get your knee off our necks and Black Lives Matter. He is also wearing a baseball cap printed with the words Black Lives Matter. Mitchell has admitted the photo is of him from that date, but defended attending the rally, claiming it was not explicitly a protest against police or a, commem- uh, uh, or a commemoration for George Floyd. Except if you watch the clips, they say, we are here for George Floyd. We are here for Breonna Taylor. So, um, oh, but it wasn't specifically semantics. There was a rally. One of the core components was police brutality. I mean, it was a Black Lives Matter rally. That's it. It was. And when he was asked if he attended any of these rallies, he said, no. Sure. They're going to say Floyd's brother and sister, Philanese and Bridget Floyd, and relatives of other African-Americans who have been shot by police addressed the crowd that day. Mitchell and Chauvin's attorney, Eric Nelson, have not returned messages from the Daily Mail seeking comment. So here you can see the photo of him wearing the shirt, get your knee off our necks, and then some photos of Chauvin. They say Mitchell, 31, acknowledged being at the event and that his uncle posted the photo, but said he doesn't recall wearing or owning the shirt. 
Mitchell was one of 12 jurors who convicted Chauvin of second degree and third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. Mitchell, the first juror to go public, spoke to several media outlets last week, including the Associated Press. He said, I'd never been to D.C. The opportunity to go to D.C., the opportunity to be around thousands and thousands of black people. I just thought it was a good opportunity to be part of something. So let me get this straight. You're serving on the trial of Chauvin. You were asked if you've been to a rally or a protest pertaining to police brutality. You said no. George Floyd's family spoke at that rally. Okay, this guy's lying straight up. Mike Brandt, a Minneapolis defense attorney not involved in the case, told the AP the revelation alone wasn't nearly enough to overturn Chauvin's conviction, but it could be combined with other issues. The announcement of a massive civil settlement to the Floyd's family during the jury selection, the shooting of Dante Wright, the judge's refusal to move the trial in an appeal to say Chauvin was denied a fair trial. Ted Samsel Jones, a professor at the Mitchell Hamline School of Law, told the AP that the photo of Mitchell was evidence that Chauvin can point to in order to establish that his right to an impartial jury was denied. I think it's fair to say this guy's wearing a shirt expressing support for a political ideology, a political ideology that directly benefits from the results of this trial. This ideology, this group wanted this man to go to prison to prove a point. Several legal analysts, smart ones, believe that there was reasonable doubt, and I think so as well. I watched the trial and the prosecution's own witness said that Derek Chauvin used a lesser force option than entitled to. That to me is reasonable doubt. Did Derek Chauvin assault George Floyd? I don't think so, because you have to consider the fact that he was entitled to use more force. The prosecution's own witness said that and Chauvin chose not to. So it sounds more like Chauvin was trying to restrain a man, albeit rather poorly. I'm not a fan. I'm not happy with anything that happened in this case. But for now, It looks like justice is not being served. They say an appeal, an appeal, really an appeal. What about a mistrial? We jump over to CBS Minnesota, WCCO. Derek Chauvin, juror Brandon Mitchell's participation in D.C. March could help appeal, legal experts say. Okay, but let's read more. They say, they go go to mention the story we already know. They say that he was wearing the, the shirt. Floyd's family spoke at that march. Mitchell told WCCO he was there to take part in a voter registration rally not to protest and that he was an unbiased juror. Quote, it was huge to get people geared for voter turnout. So being part of that, being able to attend, you know, the same location where Martin Luther King gave his speech was a historic moment. Either way, I was going to D.C. for this event, even if George Floyd was alive. See, that's an excuse. The family was speaking there. I'm sorry, that's a rally for this. And he says he was wearing the T-shirt because of circumstances of 2020 and not because he was attending what he believed to be a protest focused solely on Floyd. Solely on Floyd, he says, huh? Not even close, not even close. A number of legal sources, including those familiar with the trial, told WCCO this juror at minimum will have to be questioned in what's called a Schwartz hearing. And depending on his answers, a mistrial could be declared. I hope you're ready, Minnesota, because I ain't going to be defending you. If you choose to stay in a place like this, where things like this are going on, I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. I am sick of people defending what these blue cities are doing. Stop. Leave. Too bad. You know, if you're if you're living on an island and a volcano is about to erupt and you're like, but I don't want to move. I'm not going to. Okay, have fun. Enjoy your volcano. Look at what's happening in this city, in this state. How long has it been? It's only been a couple of weeks and already we're getting another potential for, for an eruption of mass rioting. 
The target that was looted apparently put up a mural that looks like people celebrating it being burned down or the city being burned down. Apparently, they burnt down affordable housing during the peak of the riots. You know, people said to me, maybe maybe the, the, the judge in the case was thinking we just get through this one trial and everything goes back to normal. Uh, sure, maybe. I really doubt it. So so maybe these really dumb people thought once this this trial is over, we'll get some peace and calm and things will get better. And now this now a scandal erupting where one of the jurors lied on their questionnaire and it could result in a mistrial. Maybe it won't. I don't know for sure. I'm not a lawyer. Maybe it won't. What do you think is going to happen if it does? They just had this conviction. Everyone's jumping up and down, singing, celebrate, you know, good times. Come on. And then the judge goes, sorry, this guy, he lied. We have no choice. It's not an appeal. It's a mistrial like that. And then Chauvin gets released pending the next trial date. And people go in and burn down several buildings. I will say I don't think a mistrial will be declared, though. You know why? Because the judge, in my opinion, is he's already proven himself to be spineless. He's already proven himself to be a coward. You know, he's scared of the mob. He's 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 not a strong person. And he just wants to give the the psychopathic zealots what they want out of fear. He's literally dropped to his knees and started licking the feet of the extremists. Well, you know, it's it's his prerogative who wants to do so. But that means that justice won't be served. A mistrial likely won't be declared because the judge is going to start crying and bawling and begging, you know, Black Lives Matter extremists not to burn down his home, much like some of these other jurors talked about. That's and that's just the, the reality of where we're at. WCCO says they spoke with law professor Rachel Moran at the University of St. Thomas about what this photo could mean for the case. Did the juror speak the truth or alternatively, did the juror say something untrue during questioning? The other thing to keep in mind is, did the lawyers do their job in investigating the juror? So it's possible the judge just said, you know what? It's the defense's fault. They should have looked this guy up. And I don't think that's fair to say, because you assume these people are not lying on their questionnaires, right? Before being selected, Mitchell filled out this questionnaire on it. He said he never attended protests over police brutality in Minnesota or beyond. He also answered a question on Black Lives Matter saying, Black lives just want to be treated as equals and not killed or treated in an aggressive manner simply because they are black. If he had been asked about it and he tried to hide it, that could be an issue. But at this point, I don't see anything, any evidence that he tried to hide it. The defense does, does now have the right to ask Judge Peter Cahill to go back and question Mitchell. Then Cahill can decide if the verdict will stand. Quote, I think it's really important for the viewers at home to know it's really hard to overturn a conviction and courts are especially reluctant to interfere with the jury deliberation process, Moran said. So we'll see. But ladies and gentlemen, I give you this from Get Up Mornings. Interview with Brandon Mitchell. OK, let's just uh, make sure we have the names right here. This is um, uh, Brandon Mitchell attending the march. He was a juror. Then we have Get Up America, uh, Get Up Mornings. So it's Get Up Erica. Sorry, it wasn't Get Up America. It's Get Up Mornings with Erica. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to play for you a little bit. And let me see if I can find it properly. And we were on our way to uh, the state tournament, so I actually had to miss what it really was. Well, again, thank you so much for your sacrifice. We're talking to Brandon Mitchell. He was juror number 52 in the Derek Chauvin murder trial. Brandon, before we wrap, many people don't like jury duty and probably wouldn't respond to the letter that you get in the mail. So what message would you leave to those about saying yes to jury duty? 
I mean, it's, it's important. If we want to see some change, we want to see some things going differently, we got to get out there and get into these avenues and get in these rooms yeah. um, to, to try to spark some change. And that's one, and jury duty is one of the things. Jury duty, voting, all of those things are things we got to do. And how can people follow you on social media or tune into your podcast? Oh, don't forget, he's got his own podcast he's promoting. That's right. All right, look. This guy said, if you want to get up and affect change, you got to go into jury duty. Sure. He's not wrong about that. I actually agree with that statement. I think it was a good statement. I think jury duty's awesome. I understand the challenge, you know, getting getting uh, served jury duty summons or whatever it's called for you know, like for me, where I work every single day would be absolutely devastating because my company is not it's not good to say, but predicated upon me. And we're definitely trying to change that and launch new shows. Timcast.com is going to be rolling out major upgrades and updates and new content, but it'll take it'll take time to do. So we're trying to make sure that we can grow a media company that has other personalities, other shows. But right now, look, if I got called for jury duty, woof, we'd be in trouble, especially if it was something that took weeks. I, I, I don't see how that would be even possible for someone like me. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. But you know what? I got to admit, jury duty is important. It does affect change. If people don't want to be on a jury, you know, the joke is, the problem with a jury trial is that you're going to be judged by a, a jury of people too stupid to get off of jury duty. That's the joke. No, I think a lot of people believe in the process and they're like, this will be interesting. I'd like to be on this case. The challenge, I suppose, is when someone gets summoned for jury duty and, you know, they, they run a business or they have no way to take time off. It's tough, but you do have your civic duty, so it has to be done. We'd find a way to make it work. Here's the important point, though, because I, 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 I like the idea of jury duty, especially. The point is, this guy goes on a, a, an interview and says, get on these juries if you want to affect change. What did we see? We see his motivation now. He didn't want to bring about an impartial verdict. He didn't want to judge the case on its merits. He lied in more ways than one. When he was asked if he could be neutral or objective, and he said yes, he was lying. We know because he's saying now he wanted to affect change. You got to do this. You got to get on these juries. Then you look at how he lied about attending the other Black Lives Matter rally with the shirt on referencing George Floyd, where Floyd's family was speaking. Man. You know, I don't think there will be a mistrial. And if there isn't, then and I mean, we, we already see that justice is dead in this country. 
Gone are the days of principled individuals, men like Ben Franklin and Blackstone. Blackstone's formulation, it is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. I had a conversation last night on the IRL podcast with Libby Emmons of the Post Millennial, and I said, at this point, conservatives should be just calling for uh, abolishing police in, in places like New York. Why? Well, first of all, conservatives don't really live there. Second of all, the people there voted for it, and people should have a right to defend themselves. At this point, you see cops arresting small business owners, harassing churchgoers, and Black Lives Matter gets to do whatever they want. This is why I say that, because the cop might, might be neutral and say, look, I'm going to arrest both of you, but we know who is going to get thrown under the bus, not Antifa. It's going to be the conservative. In this instance, you can see the corruption of the judicial system. Chauvin may not be a good person. Apparently, he averaged around one complaint per year. I think that's kind of good. I mean, look, if you're a cop and you arrest somebody, people don't like being arrested. They're going to file complaints against you. Now, he may have done something wrong. I do think there was reasonable doubt. Far be it from me to judge. If an impartial jury actually came to a decision, I'd respect it. But this is far from an impartial jury. We now see the judges, the DAs, they are spineless cowards, all of them. They don't care about this country. They don't care about the rule of law. They are not willing to die on their feet. They would rather live on their knees. Well, I will not support that. If you want to be a sniveling coward on the ground, begging the extremists to leave you be, so be it. But I will be the person standing defiantly saying no, period. So when I look at these police departments, when I look at Portland and Seattle and I see all of these cops resigning, you know what that says to me? The cops leaving are the good cops saying, I will not be party to this. You know why? It's like I said, you put a, a Trump supporter in the street, you put a Black Lives Matter person in the street and the Black Lives Matter person could get arrested and the DA will cut them loose right away and the Trump supporter will get arrested and the DA will say... Lock them up. Now, sometimes because Antifa knows better. You take a look at New York when the Proud Boys fought Antifa. The Proud Boys went to the cops gleefully like, here's our information officer. And the cops were like, now you go to prison for four years. Yeah. So I don't like the idea that the Proud Boys were getting into fights with Antifa. But I think Antifa was the one who showed up to the event in New York City and started harassing. And one guy even got robbed. So I'm not surprised that Proud Boys were going to be like, nah, You've got several Antifa in front of you in a street and you want to walk past that street. They said, OK, here we go. They shouldn't have done it. You got to understand you're fighting an uphill battle. But the point is, these Antifa people, they didn't get charged and convicted. You know why? They refused to give a statement and they left. The cops took the information of these Proud Boys and now they are in prison. You got to be a special kind of stupid to support a system doing these things. Now, maybe it should have been that both the Proud Boys and Antifa should have been arrested and locked up. But four years for one of these guys? They called it gang violence. Yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Meanwhile, I'm going to sit back and keep hearing the conservatives say back the blue. Meanwhile, they defend the, the illegal appropriation of public funds by Bill de Blasio to put up a Black Lives Matter mural, and then the cops guarded it and arrested those who protested it. Meanwhile, the NYPD will still serve at the behest of a corrupt governor and mayor who literally killed 15,000 people in New York. You think I'm going to support those guys? No, nah, but I'll tell you this. I, I, I guess, I guess the, the, the sheriff's department and suburban cops don't wear blue, they wear brown. So you can say back the brown, I guess. Out in the, out in the rural areas, sheriff's department, these guys are all right. It's not the same as the urban metro city police who will blindly and corruptly enforce illegal orders. 
They're breaking the law, literally breaking the law. Bill de Blasio took public funds without permission, without request, without permit, and he painted Black Lives Matter in front of Trump's, Trump's building. He then sent 25 police officers to guard it. And the cops, with a smile on their face, said, sure, it was illegal. They were aiding and abetting a crime. Do you think they care? No. So I watch as conservatives get locked up. I watch as small businesses are harassed and shut down. And, and after a year of rioting, the police, the judicial system has become deferential to the extremists. And I still see conservatives being like, we're going to keep back in the blue. No, nah, not me. Now, nah, without the without the, the police, there couldn't be the corruption. And it's the individual officers who choose to break the law. I'm not talking about cops doing their job. There was a viral video. It was, dis- it was disgusting. It was ridiculous. Where a cop pulls over a woman because she's filming. She's, she pulls out her phone and he's like, you can't drive. Use your cell phone while you're driving. And she's screaming, you're a murderer and, a, and, a, and you'll never be white and just really awful things. Man, I, I sympathize with that cop. That cop's just doing his job. Big city urban metro cops who arrest small business owners, who arrest gym owners. Yeah, sorry. These guys are breaking the law. They're violating the Constitution in a million different ways. I'm not going to support that. That's criminal. But here we go. You want to keep supporting them? That's on you. By all means, go ahead and do it. Me, I moved out of these cities because I realized justice is dead. And that if the mob comes for you, they will not hesitate to throw you in the gulag. They won't care. It's just easier that way. Justice be damned. You know, Ben Franklin understood the problems of releasing the guilty. He said it's better that a hundred guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. Different times back then. They didn't have police. He just carried around a gun and the right to keep in bare arms. There you go. So this is this, this is the future that we get because people no longer care about their communities and their society. And so be it for me. I'll move out to the middle of nowhere and say, just leave me alone because I stayed in the city. I fought and I continue to fight in this way. But maybe that's the part of the problem. And I don't know what you can do. Now, I tell people this before the election, I was absolutely defending the cops. When these arguments did not work, then maybe it's time you realize the people in these cities want this. I'm sick and tired of hearing people say they don't really want it. They don't really want to defund the police or abolish the police. I don't care what they really want. They called for it. They voted for it. They get it. Stop protecting it. This is going to keep happening. The system is being corrupted. It's been corrupted and only get worse. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. We got to get woke, go broke, two-parter, my friends. Coca-Cola is shutting down its diversity plan after chief lawyer resigns. And we also have this extremely creepy story inside the all-hands meeting that led to a third of base camp employees quitting. Wokeness is a recipe for disaster. Having your employees and staff at your company talk about things totally unrelated to business having that occupy, occupy all their time, is probably a bad idea. Now, in my opinion, people are allowed to talk about certain things, especially if someone is being discriminated against. The problem is this is being exploited and it's being used to destroy companies. Instead of focusing on getting the job done, they continually make demands. And because people are scared about lawsuits and bad press, they give in to these demands. But eventually it has to stop. Because these companies won't survive if they keep embracing internal political activism. You want to talk about the conditions of your employment, have a legitimate grievance. Well, as it turns out, it ain't going so well for some of these big companies. Now, you may have heard that Coca-Cola was criticizing Georgia over their voter law. Then for some reason, shortly after, 
They said, you know what? We were wrong. We walked that back. Could it have been that they saw an actual slump in sales because conservatives have started fighting back? And not even just conservatives, but the anti-woke, disaffected liberal liberals, of which there are more and more? The answer is yes. I think Koch said, Georgia's wrong. And then all of a sudden they were like, wait, 75 million people who drink Coke are now going to ask for Pepsi. And Pepsi didn't say anything, so they're chilling. Although Pepsi did have that really awful commercial where one of those Jenner women like gave a cop a Pepsi. But anyway, I digress. Get well, go broke, baby. They realized that they stand to lose a lot by getting into the political arena. Conservatives have been upping the ante in terms of boycotts. And I'm not the biggest fan of boycotting, you know, because for the longest time, I would say like, you know, what, I don't care. I don't want my company involved in politics. But I suppose that is, in essence, the pathway to the boycott. When I would see, you know, Hulu or whatever one of these companies make some ridiculously woke statement, I'd be like, I'm out. Not because I agree or disagree, because I just don't want to be supporting companies that prioritize activism over their core product. Something similar happened with Disney Plus. It's a rumor. We don't know exactly if it's true, but there's a rumor that Gina Carano may come back to The Mandalorian. It's just a YouTube rumor, so I don't know if it's true, and I have no way to verify that, but I think it's plausible. You know, a lot of conservatives canceled their Disney Plus. And again, not just conservative, a lot of anti-woke people. So I had purchased a year subscription of Disney Plus. Then the Carano thing happened, and I was like, not nah, cancel. And it asked me why. And I said, you guys are nuts. Congratulations, you got a year membership from me, but that's it. Now, I suppose they can bring back Gina Carano to The Mandalorian, and I'd probably want to keep watching it. But let's read about what's going on with Coke and how they get woke, go broke. They say, Coca-Cola pauses aggressive diversity plan after chief lawyer resigns. They say the pause comes after the orchestrator of the plan, Coke's former general counsel, Bradley Gayton, abruptly resigned last month after less than a year on the job and as criticisms from the quotas mounted. Some questioned whether Gayton's policies violated Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which says employers can't treat people differently based on race. Standing ovation. Critical race theory, critical theory in general, which includes critical gender theory, is a violation of the law in practice. You can believe whatever dumb racist things you want, but you can't at a company prioritize race or gender or national origin or religion, whatever. They go on to say, Scott Leith, a spokesman for Coke, said Gayton's replacement, Monica Howard Douglas, is now reviewing the plan. When there is a leadership change, it takes time for the new leader to review the current status of the team, organization and initiatives, he said. Monica is fully committed to the notions of equity and diversity in the legal profession, and we fully expect she will take the time necessary to thoughtfully review any plans going forward. It ain't over yet. They've only paused it. But I'll tell you this, if you are a conservative working for Coke, the law is on your side. It's, it's what it's here for. You should go to, uh, I think it's the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. If your company, be it Coke or anyone, says that based on your race, you can or can't do things, go to the EEOC immediately. This is a government commission to prevent racism and discrimination in the workplace. That's what it's there for. Use it. In January, Gayton made headlines when he unveiled his plan to penalize outside law firms that failed to meet new diversity quotas by slashing their fees or cutting ties with them altogether. Under the plan, any law firm seeking to do business with the company was required to commit that at least 30% of bill time would be from diverse attorneys. What does that even mean? And at least half of that time would be from black attorneys. That is straight up racist. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. 
It gets interesting when you're dealing with outside contracts, but I'm pretty sure you can't say we only hire based on a certain race, dude. Quote, the hard truth is that our profession is not treating the issue of diversity and inclusion as a business imperative, Gaten wrote in January, unveiling the plan. We have a crisis on our hands and we need to commit ourselves to specific actions that will accelerate the diversity of the legal profession. But Gaten's sudden resignation last month has thrown the plan into doubt, with outsiders criticizing the plan and urging Coca-Cola to walk it back. Perhaps Coke was facing legitimate complaints from government or from lawsuits, and they were like, yo, that's illegal. You can't just say that. What are you doing? Legal Defense Foundation Project on Fair Representation published an open letter to Coke last week warning that Coke's outside counsel racial quota requirements are unlawful. In a meeting with Coke's global legal team, Douglas, the company's new general counsel, said that Coca-Cola was taking a pause for now, but would likely salvage some parts of the diversity plan Law.com reported. Coca-Cola hired Gaten in September 2020 after spending nearly 30 years as the top lawyer at Ford. Despite his departure from Coke as general counsel, he still has a relationship with the company. He signed a new contract to serve as a consultant to Coca-Cola CEO James Quincy. In, in that position, he'll be making a hefty $12 million over the next year. That included a $4 million sign-on fee and a monthly consulting fee of, yikes, $666,666. Good number. You can add a one to that. According to an April 21st securities filing, it's unclear how Gaten will be able to impact the company's outside law firm diversity plans in its, his new position. It's hardly Coke's first stab at being woke. In February, employees were urged to be less white. If you're an employee of Coke and you have not filed a complaint with the EEOC, then you know what? I am, I am sick. I am done. I, I mean it. How long has this been going on? How many days do I have to get up here How many days do I have to be like, wow, another crazy thing is happening? Do something about it. File a complaint. Jody Shaw did when she was at Smith College and they started telling her what she could and she couldn't do because she was based on being white. She went to the, I think she went to the EEOC. She filed a complaint. Nonetheless, you cannot discriminate on the basis of race. Start filing complaints. But people don't do it. You got to start somewhere. I've done it. I've filed numerous complaints against companies I've worked at when they broke the law, and I, I think everybody should. Quote, in the, in the U.S. And, and other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white, reads one of the slides allegedly sent from an internal whistleblower. Another slide suggests try to be less white with tips including be less oppressive, listen, believe, and break with white solidarity. The tweet that shared the image of the course went viral. More recently, Republican lawmakers have criticized Koch for embracing Democratic Party positions. The Atlanta-based outfit made headlines in April for denouncing Georgia state law that critics said uh, blocked black people and other people of color from voting. GOP lawmakers in turn blasted the company and others that issued a statement. Okay, we get the point. I want to show you this story. We get that Koch has problems. You know what? I'm not going to buy Koch. I mean it. I'm not going to buy Coke products. I've been having a, a, a blast. You know what I did? I ordered a bunch of RC Cola. Maybe not the best move. I have no idea. Maybe RC is woke as, I, but woke as well. But for now, I went online and I was like, you know what I haven't had in a while? RC Cola. I didn't get it because I'm mad at Coke. I bought RC because in Chicago, when you're growing up there, RC is what you get. And so I was like, how cool would it be? So we ordered a bunch of like deep dish pizzas and RC Cola. And now, you know, what? I'm, I'm all here for it. We got a bunch of RC Cola. It's actually really good. I actually prefer it. You know, now that I like I'm drinking it, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of Coke. I like Pepsi. It's okay. But RC is what I grew up drinking. So you know what? I'm an RC guy from now on. Actually, I don't drink a whole lot of soda. But what I am doing, seriously, I'm looking for smaller businesses. I'm looking online to order sodas from companies you don't normally hear of. Maybe they're a smaller... Um, 
you know, a, a smaller company, small distributor of their own unique sodas. And we've ordered a bunch of sodas. I'll tell you this. It's not about Coke. It's about, for one, supporting smaller business. For another reason, getting away from high fructose corn syrup. I'm just, you know, not a fan. I've, I've read a lot about it. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and opine on the uh, glycemic index or whatever, or a lot of these things. But uh, I like pure cane sugar. So I'm going to buy different sodas. I'm not going to drink that Coke garbage. And I think for most of us, when we watch Coke do this, we should just say we're not going to buy from you. Here's where it gets interesting in the get what go broke stuff. The Verge, the all hands on meeting that led to a third of Basecamp employees quitting. So Basecamp is like uh, a business management software, I guess. I don't know too much about it. Supposedly, it was this like big, it's this big company at Silicon Valley. It's very valuable. And it was woke. Recently, one of their like top people, I guess, published a letter saying no longer will we allow political discussions to be taking place. And I guess they basically they're basically saying the wokeness is out. Well, guess what? Some of the employees in this meeting started crying and like yelling at screaming at their screen when they were hearing this stuff. It's truly amazing. What's really amazing is that one of their employees, a guy named Ryan Singer, said that he didn't think America was a white supremacist country. He says, I strongly disagree that we live in a white supremacist culture. He said, very often, if you express a dissenting view, you get called a Nazi. I have not felt this is open territory for discussion. If we were to try and get into it as a group, it would be very painful. So some other employees, a black employee, started saying that you're a white male. You come into this meeting and, and call people racist and say white supremacy doesn't, white supremacy doesn't exist. The fact that that is, a, that is a factual lie and they're screaming. You want to know why a lot of companies bend the knee and cave? I'll tell you why. We've set ourselves up. It's unfortunate, really. I'm a big fan of the civil rights movement. I'm a big fan of the ruling of Loving v. Virginia, naturally, because it allows my family to exist. And uh, the civil rights gained. But with laws like the 1964 Civil Rights Act, you start getting into interesting territory. Labor laws in the EEOC, uh, particularly. Now, if you're a Coke employee, you might, ha- you might have a complaint under Title VII, and you can file with the EEOC. But here's what happens. A bunch of employees start complaining. And they'll say, this company is racist. And if you say you can't talk about wokeness or political activism, what they'll do is they'll go and file a complaint and they'll say, I was experiencing racism and they told me I wasn't allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to do that. Your employees are allowed to talk about grievances and harassment and and deal with these issues. And therein lies the the challenge. Most companies are sitting there like, okay, we, we have a bunch of people screaming and yelling, all this crazy stuff. How do we stop it? And their lawyer probably says, if somebody is complaining about racism in your company, and then you just tell them to shut up. Yeah, you're going to get in serious trouble. But what if they're not seriously complaining about racism? What if they're just making things up or changing definitions because they're part of a cult? Doesn't matter. They'll say, my boss is a white supremacist and he was racist towards me. And when I started complaining and filed a notice, they told me to shut up and threatened to fire me. Then you go to the EEOC and they say, whoa, and then the government comes after the business. And that's why this Uh, This cult is able to gain power using these methods. So like this guy, Ryan Singer says, I don't believe this company is racist. He said, I don't act that way towards people. It doesn't matter what you say. They change definitions on purpose. But more importantly, how do you define one's own perspective on racism? If someone files a complaint and then the EEOC follows up and goes after your business, are you going to be able to afford to deal with that? There's this woman who posted about how there was an attempted woke takeover of her company. 
that basically a bunch of people started saying racist things, you know, accusing the boss of being racist. And they kept just capitulating and giving what they wanted. And then when they realized it wasn't working, they said, "Okay, you know what? We're done with this enough. And the woke people eventually just caved and quit. Maybe that's what you need to do. What we're seeing now inside Basecamp is I think they realized something. If you want to have an open political discussion, then don't be surprised when the other side shows up and argues as well. How can a company function if they're like, we allow political activism, and then someone says something about white privilege and the other person says, that's wrong, you're a liar. And then people are just spending all their days fighting in Slack, which Slack is like a chat room for your employees, or it's like a server, a chat server for your company or project or whatever. How are you supposed to function as a business when everyone's just arguing with each other over politics? Apparently, this has a lot to do with something they were they were running at the company. It was called like the, the funny names, funny client names list or something. And I guess they said this. Look, they said behind the scenes, Freed had been dealing with an employee reckoning over a longstanding company practice of maintaining a list of funny customer names, some of which were of Asian and African origin. The internal discussion over that list had been oriented primarily around making Basecamp feel more inclusive to its employees and customers. But Freed and his co-founder, David Heinemeyer Hansen, had been taken aback by an employee post which argued that mocking customer names laid the foundation for racially motivated violence and closed the thread. Pathetic. The problem is they closed the thread because someone complained the thread was racist and they know they'll get in trouble if they say shut up. I'll tell you what's really funny. There's also risk to me. That's right. Me expressing my opinion on workplace issues around race and rights could be brought up later in the event that one of my employees gets mad at me. There was somebody, I can't remember who it was. It might have been David Portnoy, some of, of Barstool. Maybe, maybe not. So if it's not David, uh, 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 I, I, I apologize. But uh, they said something like, if you even think of unionizing, you know, we'll send you to the salt mines. No, no, I'm sorry. I think that was the Federalist. And then someone actually filed a complaint saying, see, look, anti-union rhetoric. And, and they were like, it was, a, it was a joke. We weren't serious. There's no salt mine. But you see what happens. The, it, it wasn't employees at the Federalist who had threatened them. It was, it was like outside groups arguing it was an EEOC violation. And the government can intervene if they so feel like it. And their, their argument will be, well, the employees are too scared of retaliation. Here's, here's what's really funny. So apparently a third of the base camp employees quit. So a bunch of the woke people quit. But even the dude who was not woke, the guy Ryan Singer, actually ends up quitting as well. I thought that was, I, I, I thought that he should, I don't know. It's, it's rather sad that the one guy who was arguing from a point of reason also ended up resigning due to the backlash. There was an investigation launched. They announced he had resigned. To me, that's absolutely insane. The meeting broke up after no more employees had questions. Is it to say, a half an hour after the meeting ended, for a half an hour, they had this internal meeting. Freed posted an internal note saying that Singer had been suspended pending an investigation. He added that the company was bringing in unspecified outside help to address the situation. On Monday morning in an interview, Freed told me Singer resigned. I know exactly how that is. I once worked for a company. Uh, it was a nonprofit. I was one of their best managers and fundraisers. And a disgruntled new hire who was angry made up some lies about me. So they put me on some kind of probation. I said, no, I quit. Sorry. And they're like, wait, no, don't quit. And I was like, I quit. Bye. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. 
Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Immediately. So what happens is I get this new employee complaining about me because I guess they wanted a free ride. And they come and I, I get pulled aside and they say this, this employee was, was making it was business accusations, nothing to do with interpersonal drama. They were like that you said this to someone while you were fundraising. And I was like, that's not true. And I said, well, we're gonna have to have an investigation and look through what's going on. I was like, no, I won't stand for that. You either trust me or you don't. And I'm not going to sit here and go through this because some new hire you just met made up some BS. And they're like, well, we have to do it. And I said, fine, whatever. When everyone leaves, I stopped halfway out the building, turned around and said, no, I walked in and said, I quit. And they were shocked. Like, no, no, don't, don't quit. And I was like, don't disrespect me. If you don't like the job I do, I don't have to be here. We don't owe each other anything. So you know what? Good for Ryan for dipping. They wanted to put him on suspension for telling the truth. They wanted to suspend him for saying, I don't think the company's racist. I disagree with your framing. I, I, you know, calm down, I guess. So they suspended him. Incredible. It's because people are scared of the government because the business knows that if you were to take, you know, it's, it's a white employee against a black employee. The black employee says we live in a white supremacist culture. And if they go to the EEOC, they're not going to want to listen to what this company has to say. They're not going to, uh, they're immediately going to be like a white senior employee is making statements about there being no racism, well, you might get in trouble. Now, Singer uh, gave this statement to The Verge. He said, I objected to an employee statement that we live in a white supremacist culture. White supremacism exists, and America's history of racism still presents terrible problems, but I don't agree that we should label our entire culture with this ideology. On the call, the view I gave was, we all want a future where everyone is treated fairly. And yet there can be disagreement on whether defining our culture as white supremacist helps us, get, helps us to get there. The subject is so charged that discussing such disagreements at work quickly leads to misunderstanding, heated accusations, and loss of faith. Unfortunately, painful misunderstanding did result. Tensions were so high after the call, call, I decided it won't be tenable to stay on the team. I gave my resignation over the weekend. Well, good. They say this week was to have been Basecamp's virtual biannual meetup in which employees come together to bond over social activities while talking about the future of the company. You know what? You get these people who have never been reprimanded, who have been told about all of these, you know, these these cult like ideologies, and they're just angry, vile people. You should not have angry, vile people working for your company. Screen them better. If someone is being racist and discriminatory, they should be held accountable and the business should be held accountable. That's what the EEOC is for. Like we saw with Coca-Cola, people need to be filing complaints. Like we saw with Jody Shaw, people need to be filing complaints. Here with Basecamp, Singer should have filed a complaint. He should have. 
make that make that play. He still probably can. He can say that the accusations of him having white privilege, having some kind of power over other people or of him participating in white supremacy was based on the color of his skin. And he was suspended for rejecting a racist determination. Do it. It doesn't cost you anything. You go to the EEOC and you say, here's what happened. And they say, yes or no. Now, unfortunately, EEOC probably wouldn't care. And therein lies the problem. The cult has its tendrils. I mean, they even got it in the CIA. And maybe that's it's too late. Maybe this is something people should have fought a long time ago. But I, I don't know. I think with Coke pausing their, their program, and I, th- I think there's a, there's, a, there's a path forward. It won't be easy. But you've got to start now. Otherwise, you can't just sit around. The fact that Basecamp was already planning on dismantling these, these activist conversations is a good sign. Maybe it will persist. And maybe the cult will start losing power. I, th- I don't know. We'll see. Joe Biden seems to enjoy using the power of the cult to, to gain, you know, votes. We'll see how that plays out for him in the long run, because I think people are getting fed up with this and it's going to result in Republicans having a very strong edge going into 2022. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then.